Top Field Recording Podcast, episode 167. Our guest tonight, Earl Bowman. Cause everybody knows that I love to throw some down And then I thought about Jesus and he drank wine I said I thought about Jesus and he drank wine And I figured one or two would be just fine How's it going, brother? How's it going? Great. I'm really glad to be here. Thanks for asking me to come in. I oh. know I filled in, so I wasn't asked. Oh no! Like lined up. But Even worse, <laughs> man. We we had a we had a uh, somebody. I'm, this is getting inside baseball. Let's talk about it. Oh yeah. We had somebody uh, ask for a weekend. We accommodated, and then they just like bailed last minute. So it, it, that was yesterday. So the first person I thought about was you. Well, thank so, you. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they bailed. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel too, man. Yeah. Uh, we came and set up, and we actually Neil ended up recording a song. <laughs> we had we had everything set up. We filmed some video. Neil did a song. I was wearing. Yeah. So it was awesome. You, you see me in this shirt. Same Wasn't shirt. today. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was like, all right, man. I put my my show <laughs> shirt on yesterday. I'm gonna put it back on. <laughs> I don't have I show shirt. I wear shirts. the same shit every day, dude. I, I did ask Brad one time, how many how many times can you wear your jeans before you have to wash them? And he gave me a good answer. It was like, 10? <laughs> it's all based on the smell. It, could, it. it could be 2, it could be 12. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, you know, when you they have that greasy, like, can feel uh, on them, it's you like, can't put them on. You have you been at a bonfire? Okay, <laughs> yeah. it's time, time yeah. to wash your jeans, man. <laughs> hey, so tell me a little bit about that song. Yeah, uh, that is, uh, I mean, it's not a... Uh, super complex it's basically a song about i think a lot of us have like we're drinking a little today and uh i think a lot of people have, yes, have had a, a few too many i certainly have and woke up being like damn i don't think i'm ever drinking <laughs> again and then the weekend rolls around and you're back drinking again and that's really what that song's about it's uh not groundbreaking and it's lyrics it's one of my favorite songs to play though it's fun like, it's fun yeah uh, uh, i dig it yeah man that's definitely the one uh thing that i've 
gathered from you write fun songs. I try to, yeah. Like I, uh, it's Jerry Reed's probably like one of ah, my biggest oh, inspirations, awesome. and so yeah. I, when I first started writing the songs, I was felt kind of funny about writing funny songs because it felt silly or like not legit, but. Honestly, like people like Jerry Reed and stuff who are, they're fun and funny and mm -hmm. they show a lot of personality, like personality. It made me really yeah. want to dive into that. And so it was, we're in that songwriters group together. So you've heard a couple of my, yeah, man. of silly songs, but yeah. So thank you. I yeah. try to be fun well, if I can. It's not, it's not even, I wouldn't even call them silly. They're, they're clever. You know, it's a, the, I think I, I used the word silly the first time that I, that I talked about your stuff. And I, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I went, <laughs> That's not what I meant. No, you're it, good. I feel like they're know. a little silly. I don't mind. <laughs> well, they're just they're they're fun, uh, one, and they're and they're clever. I, you know, it's like um, John Prine was such a clever uh, magician with his words that that he could make something easy sound complicated, and he can make a line sound uh, interesting when it was really didn't have to be real interesting. Yeah, well, John Prine, I feel like if you write any type of songs in the Americana genre, if you don't have John Prine as your inspiration, I don't, mm. you're probably not really playing that kind of music. Yeah, so that's true. There's a, it's somewhere in there, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, man. So uh, I guess we got to, as a first timer, I got to take you back, and you got to take us back, and I got to give you the question. Um, you know, how, uh, yeah, what, what's the damn question, dude? I've read it earlier for the first time in a long time, and I was like, that's not how I ask it at all. Just basically, yeah, take take us back to your earliest memories of music and what got you into music when you knew that you wanted to play music, basically. And it yeah. was going to be a part of your yeah. life. Yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly. Close enough. Dude, that was phenomenal. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that was better than uh, yeah, better than you did. So, it was yeah, awesome. Glad that I've, you're here. Cause I've <laughs> had like eight of these attempts at that sentence, and I, I thought you were going to say right. eight of them Jim Beams. I'm like, we were no, real no, fucked then. If that's the case, not yet, man. Um, honestly, I felt like from as long as I can remember, like the first time I can ever remember seeing live music, I've just it's been just like magical thing. I can remember being an itty bitty kid, like at the state fair, just out and watching people just out on the street playing, and there's something about. That is, and it's still feel that way when you see it, like a great live band or even mm -hmm. a, a decent one. It's yeah. like, it's a magical thing. And uh, growing up, I did not do music at all. Like I I sang a little in my room, but I didn't play or write. It was always something I really wanted to do. And kind of going back to where I said it, sometimes it's hard to be silly. It's the same way as getting on a stage or writing or singing is it. It takes like a. It, a little bit of gut, certainly, and it was something I was always scared to do and I always wanted to do. I played sports and stuff growing up, and then okay. really I, I got into guitar a little bit in high school and just had some fun doing, like, covers and stuff at school. And then as I got a little older, I wrote a little more and then finally decided just to dive into it. It's something I've always wanted to do. Like, I cannot remember a time in my life where music wasn't the one thing I wanted to do. It was something I never really said, but it was something I always, always wanted. Like I said, there's something... Just as a kid, it was just like someone strumming a guitar to me. Just was it was like magic. It was huh. it was it's the coolest thing, and it still feels that way. You didn't start playing until high school. I started. Yeah, I learned some just pretty basic chords in high school. Basic, you know, the like kind of G D G E minor C, and C. Yep, yeah. and just did you know all what? the songs you can do with that. And then um, I wrote like one or two pretty bad songs in high school. Then I went to college. I played little sports in college. I didn't really play much guitar. And then. Um, when I was like 23, I ended up writing a few songs that I liked and I shared them with some friends and it gave me a little confidence. And um, then I didn't play anymore <laughs> for like five or six more years. And then Are you I, serious? yeah, crazy. and I moved back to Louisville a few years ago. Um, 
and just kind of dove into it. So that was right. That was right before COVID, and that kind of obviously stopped it in its tracks. But yeah, I, that's a pretty new to, to, well, to music for the yeah, most. Yes, so you really part. haven't played that long at no, all. Like, as far as playing out, last um, March I opened for Katie. Did its band quite literally? They're they're a great group. They're really fun. Katie's awesome. But she asked me to do a show last March, and it was like the first thing I did. I, I did do one thing the fall before that my mother in law booked for me. I'm like, I don't want my mother in law booking me to be the first thing I booked. So <laughs> yeah, so I started last March and just uh, yeah, play as much as I can whenever people reply to emails, which is rare. That's yeah, that's awesome. That, that's a very interesting path to get to where you are right now. You know, um, just and I say that because you know, it seemed like a lot of like dabble, the dabble in high school, dabble in college, write a couple of songs, and then to take such a, a hiatus and then really dive in. It's interesting that um, that you got there, knowing that you always wanted to play music, um, but that is such a wild path to get to where you're writing songs and uh performing live it's it's because you know i think for the most part you hear a lot of um there there's there's two or two or three general paths that you hear you hear uh, I, I started playing in church when i was little or i played in the band uh in in school and then played through high school and then it's one thing blah 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 uh, but there's not a lot of people that that we i've had you know this is 167 so we've had a lot of conversations, and I don't know if I've really heard that as much as anything. So it's interesting. It was honestly too another. It was another hard thing to do because I felt kind of old to be jumping into it. I know, like a lot of people do music huh. when they're young, and then it feels like I was when I first started going to open mics. I was twenty six, and it was right before COVID. And I felt like I'm like, am I too old to hmm. do this? And then COVID happened. I didn't do anything until I was like almost twenty eight, and now. Um, I'm 30, and I felt like I am sometimes feel a little old, but I'd rather be 30 and doing it than 30 and not. So it's yeah. fun, and I yeah. There's other there's a few people around actually that I've met at open mics that are, that are my age that kind of are similar that have started later and um, have done okay. So yeah. it's definitely good to see that too. Yeah, man, uh, that that's I think the uh, super positive about music is it doesn't matter age doesn't matter. It, it might matter of like who really wants to pay to see you at a certain age if you're, you know, but then you, if you just like seriously take a step back and look at the headline touring acts in the world right now, they're the Rolling Stones. They're people, people that have played for 50 years together. I mean, we just watched the last two headlining acts at, at, uh, uh, Bourbon Beyond was CCR, who was amazing. And then who was it this year? It was, uh, Michael McDonald and those guys. What's that band? You got a mic. Uh, it is um, Jesus, uh, the, 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 the drummer you, passed away like a couple dude, weeks after. Yeah. Come on, Doobie Brothers. Yes, Doobie I'm Brothers. Like, we were all there. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So you uh, know, it it, it really uh, it isn't about. I don't. It's not about that. It's about eliciting a feeling. I think, and and you know, um, or an emotion, or a spark, or, or like a connectivity, which I think your songs, everything I've heard, that's what it does. It issues this real connectivity in in moments and in, in, in real life situations. I, I try to be honest and just write what I know. Um, that has been better for me than just trying to write songs that I thought would be good than just write what 
feels natural or feels right instead of trying to I, when I first started writing songs like really wanting to just see what I could write I was trying hard to write like country songs like I'm like I want to write country songs I want to be a songwriter and that just it wasn't really going well like I was writing songs sometimes I'd write songs that I liked um and even that last one I played actually is one I wrote a pretty long time ago that I wrote and I'm like well this isn't like radio country this mm-hmm. is and so I was like this song sucks and then I Later, I kind of took a step back, and I'm like, fuck radio country. I want to just write songs and do stuff on my own. That was something else I had to do. Um, <clears throat> like I mentioned, I moved back to Louisville in, like, 2019. and uh, From where? Uh, my wife is a veterinarian, and she went to vet school down in Auburn. And so I was down okay. there a couple years. And before that, I, like I mentioned, I played baseballs up in Ohio doing that. I was in western Kentucky for a while at, like, Brescia University in Owensboro. I was in eastern Kentucky at Pikeville University. So I was kind of just doing stuff. Um, then I moved back here, and honestly, I uh, my favorite station, uh, it should be everyone's favorite station, Louisville's 91.9, and when right. I first moved back to town, I felt very stuck in music, listening to pop country, and just mm. feeling like bored of it, and I flipped on that station, I was like, trying, when I got back home, I'm like, what is the station with Waterfront Wednesday, and I remembered, and I put it on, and I have not turned it off, because the music on that station is like, is like to me, it's there's every music's real music, but it's mm-hmm. just something that makes, you feel something, every song is different. And it made me feel like I could do something too. And so yeah. if it wasn't for that station, I don't think that I would even be playing at all. So mm, interesting. And I tell I've told them that. I really mean that. There's a there's a I try to I try to there's a few things that have felt really pushed me to do music. And I've tried to tell all those people how much they meant to me because I don't I would not do it. Um, like I mentioned, Katie did it from quite literally. She's also in Mama Said String Band. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't play music. Or I have a buddy in Lexington, Kyle Zorns, was the first person I ever met when I went to an open mic. And if he wasn't cool, I would not have done music. So a lot of little things that really kind of add up that um, could have just stopped. I mean, honestly, going to open mics is very scary when you've never done it before. The first one I went to, I went, it was at Diorio's Pizza in the Highlands. And I went and signups were at 730. And I went at 730. And I was too scared to sign up. And I signed up at like 830. And I had to stay there so long for hours and hours <laughs> just waiting to play. Because I was too scared to play. But if Kyle wasn't there being like, man, just sign up, I, I wouldn't have. And I would have quit. And I never would have gone out again. So, Or if he would have not been a good host. Because that's something, too. I've definitely had some open mic experiences that, were less than great and if I'd have, if those would have been my first experiences that would have been it it'd have been over so you huh. need supportive people and there's a lot around Louisville I mean I've yep. you're you're one getting to know huh. you and the people at the Thanks, monarch man. those are people that make me want to do more stuff so yeah yeah and this That's podcast awesome. only I've been wanting to do this for a long time this has been something <laughs> like I've had like a list of like venues I wanted to play or things I wanted to do and this has been on there for a while so when, as soon as you texted oh, me the man. other day I was like yeah like I told you downstairs even if I had plans I would have canceled that's, awesome. that's an me. honor, man. Thank yeah. you. That's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's crazy. Well, so, you know, I, I think that a lot of times with, with age, uh, you know, just kind of talking about age and, and, and um, getting that encouragement. And, and maybe if you weren't older, you wouldn't have noticed those things the way that you did. Uh, you know, because a lot of times we're all in such a rush to get to a certain point. But then you get to that point and then what? You know, I mean, yeah. so it's like, I, you know, you got these goals and you got these aspirations and, and, and you're young and, you know, I've got an 18 year old right now that I can see the only thing he wants in, in life is the next thing. And whatever that is, I don't, I mean, I don't know if he knows, I don't know if I, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's that hunger for the next yeah. step. And, uh, I think age can blind you sometimes, especially youth can blind you of of acknowledging those things that you were just talking about and seeing those steps and seeing the path and and, and 
being thankful for those little things that lead you into that point. Yeah, that I mean, you. it really is a lot of little things. Like I, I mentioned those people from open mic. A lot of people think of open mics as just like, sometimes just like drunk dudes like singing covers in a microphone. It's just really, I'm some places I'm sure like that. It's not like that here in town. And if it, I think we're really lucky to live where we live and have people that are super supportive because um, whether you're doing covers or originals, I think especially originals, it it really it takes a lot of nerve to get up in a microphone in a room and and sing something that you wrote. And because mm. a lot of times people they don't care, and it, it takes yeah. And if it isn't for and if it wasn't for all the supportive musicians that always care every time I went out and told me I did a good job and seemingly meant it and they were very talented. It's just a supportive, supportive city. And I, I, mm. I know sometimes people, uh, at least people I've talked to act like Louisville's not like a, a music city or it could be better and everything could be better. But I think we're really lucky to have the musicians that we have and have a community that we have because it's really important and not everyone's lucky to have that. You could live mm. even in other parts of this same state and not have that. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a big deal to me. And I try to, like I said, I try to be thankful and think about all these things that added up. Cause like I mentioned, I don't remember a day that I did not want to do. Yeah. But, you know, there's, um, I think of places like what's going on at the Monarch now, uh, you, you, what you mentioned that we go and, and do some writing and uh, have a writing group over there. But like my listening experience at the Monarch is insane because it is on, on the audience member side of it. I know that the musician is playing a dream set. They're playing somewhere where everybody in that building's there to listen. There's not alcohol that that is sold. There's not a product that's sold, and it's so unique to be able to, especially as a as a musician or an artist, to go. Regardless, if I make a, a penny uh, tonight, which you know it's a donation base, so everybody that plays there, I'm sure, does fine. But it, just the fact that you know you're going to get heard. Yeah, and that is like I said, that can be sometimes the most discouraging thing is when you feel like you've poured your heart into a song mm -hmm. even if it's a silly song that you just want people to listen to and then like you're under a tv screen just like yeah. watching you're just like damn this sucks and so going the monarch is my favorite place to play it is my favorite place to watch a show i've seen some of my favorite shows in that room and so it's I, I think it's a magical place as soon as i heard about it i remember one day someone's like why are they moving like musical instruments into the old baron i was I'm like i don't know and I started hearing more about it. And as soon as I really started to understand what it was, I sent Mark over there a message. And I bugged him for so long until he gave me a key to that place. Like, all the time. <clears throat> He's a good dude. And it's like, that yeah. is the best place in town to, whether you're watching a show or being in a show, it is amazing. I saw um, Tyler Hood and Luke Powers play there. Oh, that was man. one of my favorite sets I've ever seen. And it was just, just the two of them switching back and forth on songs, just playing each other's songs. And it was amazing. It was a, it was a wonderful show and just great people in there. Everyone I oh, played yeah. in there is super friendly. It feels good to step off a stage and people come up and talk to you about your music and support it. Cause it, like I said, support's the biggest thing and it, it could be hard to find. Yeah. Speaking of support, man, let's, uh, let's hear another song. Yeah. yeah, yeah support we'll some too. more yeah. music, man. What you got for us? You can talk this one up. Yeah. So, uh, I'll do, uh, I had a single come out back in September of last year. Like I uh, mentioned, I did some open mics right right before COVID. I went out, my first open mic, January of 2020. March came and it was over. So I, I felt like, I was like, I'm doing it. And then it was done. Um, <laughs> and in that time, there was a quite a long span of time where I, did, I was, it kind of just like crushed me a little bit musically. I like finally got the courage to go out and do open mics. And actually on my second open mic I did, I got asked to do like a morning daytime television, like, 
Great Day Live here. In oh, wow. Yeah, and yeah. I did that. It was like one of the, I was so nervous because I had played like two open mics and I was on TV. I was like, oh, God. That's awesome. But it felt cool. I was like, okay, well, something's people like my music. Maybe I can like build something from this. And then the world just stopped. And so for quite a while, I didn't write or really play or anything. I just went to, like, I worked the whole time during COVID. Um, and then like as the world started to get a little better and more and more people were just even just doing online like shows and whatnot, like I, I'm like, I want to write. And so I started writing more stuff. And this next song I'm going to play, like I said, it came out as my first single. I wrote it right in the middle of COVID when everything was crazy. You couldn't go anywhere or do anything. I was feeling really cooped up. Um, I'm kind of a cooped up person. I feel like I have to have something to do. And so I wrote this song about just taking a second to yourself and uh, it's called Slow It Down and it is just about slowing it down and taking a minute to yourself. But yeah, I'll give it a, a play for you. Some folk don't believe it Just cause you don't see it Don't mean it ain't there rising see the fear in their eyes and I'm scared too man what do we do sometimes you gotta slow it down just slow it down but damn the world's getting crazy Cloud, thick and hazy up in this house. Better turn the lights out. Cause I've been feeling the pressure. Insurmountable texture is on my skin. But then it's gone again. Sometimes you gotta slow. song matches the the music matches the lyrics and matches the title yeah. like perfectly thank you i had a yeah, it's yeah, that's one of my that's it's different than a lot of my songs it's one of my favorite songs i ever wrote kind of for that reason i told you that i felt like it was at a time where i really needed to write something that would just like let me express how i was feeling and i will say too like i mentioned that song is out on spotify and those places i got to work with one of my favorite local artists tyler lance walker gill on that uh, he hey, actually but... he actually does all the backing vocals on that song <laughs> yeah, he wrote and, uh, that down <laughs> yeah it is uh it's 
he was one of my favorites. And I mentioned to Anne, uh, the producer at La La Land, how much when I first met her that I loved that album that he had. And she's like, well, let's hire his band to come play. And they hired him. And then we needed a background singer. He's like, we'll get Tyler to do it. And I'm like, like Tyler Lance. I felt like I was fan girl. <laughs> and then the sad thing was like, uh, when he did those vocals, I didn't even get to meet him. Like, he happened to be coming to the studio. Anne's like, do you care if I just have him lay something down? I'm like, sure. So I just had to Venmo him some money. I didn't even get to meet him till like, months later at a uh, show he did. I'm like, hey, you sung on my song. Oh, <laughs> and we've man. been kind of a little bit of buddies since. But uh, he's a he's a good dude. His band, to me, is, like, one of the most electric bands in town. Mm-hmm. They are so oh, fun. They're, dude. they're so tight, They too. are so tight. Super, yeah, they're awesome. super nice dudes. Anytime I get a chance to watch him play, I go watch him because he is he's amazing. So getting to work with him was really cool. He actually did backing vocals on two of my songs. So nice, good dude. Yeah, nice. I like the yeah. show the the show he did at Colonial Gardens when he did a whole set of Roger Miller. Oh, he does. He loves doing that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that he does awesome. that a lot. Well, you know, you, you uh, mentioned kind of feeling silly when you sing songs, or you know that pressure. And that's that's the thing. I thought I wrote TLWG because I thought about him because we had a conversation. Uh, when we were when we put him in the uh, the colonial show, right? Oh, yeah. It was supposed to be all the originals, you know, come do your thing. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was I'm like you. Uh, that record was one of my top three on Spotify. The, the, he came on the show and and I listened to that. I wore it out. I mean, yeah, I, I had it's great. Re- it's great. Uh, I could sing every word on that record. Jane, you were... I could sing the entire album. It was great. Um, so when when he agreed to come on, he's like, yeah. But I don't, I'm not going to sing originals. That's, I can't... He just felt so weird about singing. I don't know if it's just because it's... Without the band? Yeah, he wanted to... You know, I don't know if it's too intimate or, you know, mm-hmm. he just... But he, he did that set, and it was awesome. <laughs> And then he did his song at the end, and it was the best song of the night. And everybody was like, "What the hell, dude? That uh, song was amazing." Uh, yard selling, which I know every lyric to that thing too, which is still not out. What? Yeah, still he not. It takes out. a while to do stuff. Like when him and his band worked on my stuff last, like almost a year ago. They're like, "Oh yeah, we're working on this album." It's yeah, it's still not out. I. It sounds like it's basically finished. He's just I'm like, sure I guess, doing whatever awesome. it, uh, he needed to do to get it out. Everything takes forever. Yeah. That's a, like a, the, the weirdest part about music is it is just like, hurry up and wait. And you just mm-hmm. like have to like sit on stuff sometimes for a while. But yeah, I'm sure that album would be great. He had that song, uh, Glamorous or whatever, just come out. That was, yeah. that oh, was yeah. a really fun video. Yeah, yeah. that's hilarious. I don't think the song's even on Spotify. I think you can just watch just the music video on YouTube or whatever. So, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, really nice guy. He's really funny. He's great. I love his band. It was yeah. really cool to get to work with them. Billy and Chris, like his bass player and drummer, they played on uh, my, I have a new song com- com- coming out that I'm working on now. And they did that as well as like Rody, who uh, he's, I mean, Rody's a great dude. He came and did some electric guitar. He, uh, Rody did one of the, he did an amazing acoustic solo on, I had a song come out on 420 and Rody made like, did like this crazy solo. We almost didn't even have him record it. He did a really dope pedal steel solo and he was just noodling around on his acoustic later. I'm like, please, like, we have to record that. And so we recorded him just kind of noodling around this solo and it is fucking awesome. Oh, really? like it, yeah. What was the name of that song? It's called We Get Along and I'll be playing it at some point today. But yeah, oh, it, uh, he, his solo on that's like my favorite. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it was, it would be worth, like, I would have paid 10 times as much for that song just for that solo. I love that solo. He's such a good <laughs> guitar player. It was fun to watch. All right, we're going to go into the segment 
Brad would fire us if we didn't ask these questions. <laughs> we say that every show. Uh, we? <laughs> well, we haven't we haven't chanced it yet. No. Um, okay. Of him. He runs a tight show. So the first question: What is something non-musical that people should know about you? Yeah, um, I would say probably the biggest other thing in my life besides music is work. I work. I'm a, like I mentioned, my wife's. I think I mentioned but it was when we were on here. Yeah, she's a veterinarian. Um, her dad's a vet, and I work with her at her family's vet office. I'm a vet tech, and so I love animals. Getting to work with animals and people is really that's probably the thing I would say is the biggest other thing in my life. Work. Um, I don't want to say work. <laughs> like it's just it's not just work. It's family. It's my yeah. wife. Is and a lot of people sometimes. Like, how's it like working with your wife? It's like, well, she works 50 hours a week, so if we didn't work together, we wouldn't see each other that much. So yeah. it's, it's fun. We share an office. We do almost every room together. It's it's. Anytime, I always tell people, too, if they when they ask how it is, I'm like, it, it doesn't matter if you're running a business with your family or running a yard sale with your family. Sometimes it sucks. <laughs> but I, all the suck that ever comes from it is is not near just worth, like, it's it's so much worth all of the, the hard stuff just to get to hang out and... Uh, I love animals and it's fun to, and I like talking to people. Like I mentioned when we got started, I, mm-hmm. I will talk a lot and it's fun to talk to people and it, it, it can be tough. Like there's definitely a lot of tough things about it too, but that's, oh, I can that's imagine. The, for sure. I think the, the biggest other thing in my life is work and it's not a bad, where's that thing. at by the way? It's in J town. It's uh yeah. Uh, I, I guess, is it cool to just say, yeah, yeah, man, it's, it's, gas, yeah it's, it's gaslight square animal hospital in mm-hmm. J town. It's uh her dad, Dr. Burge has been there for over 30 years. It's his business. Like I said, my wife's the other doctor there. And actually, her brother is the office manager. His wife works there too. So it's the whole family. It's a, it's the a family, whole, uh, yeah. fam, family. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's good. It's bad. It's ugly. But it's it's. I would not trade it for anything. I've had a lot of jobs, um, and it's nowhere near the worst. The worst one was debt collecting. Oh, oh I can wow. imagine. Yeah. That would be rough. Hey, you guys terrible. just got a new uh, parlor pizza man uh, yeah. in J Town to yeah. open today. I saw. Oh, did it open here. today? It yeah, so today. I knew it was it's coming official. around. Yeah, that's right, right by the office. That's a so. spot to play. Another spot. Make a little. Well, any, yeah, any spot is the right spot. There you go. <laughs> All right. Next question. Tell us about a nightmare gig or something embarrassing yeah, that has happened yeah. See, on I, stage. I knew this question was coming. I was like, <laughs> he's ready for mm-hmm. it. Well, I was, luckily, and I hope this doesn't jinx it. I haven't had any like horrible horrible thing happen i'm sure it will anytime you're doing a show whether it's like a a podcast or a music thing that you're doing or you're it's just like a kid's play sometimes stuff just goes wrong and so Mm. certainly things have gone wrong before um but there's two instances i guess i'll mention and uh one i kind of hinted at earlier with the open mic thing soon after i got started i'd probably gone to maybe like eight open mics over like four weeks i'd go to like two a week and uh i went i might even say where i went but i went to this place that's having open mic and um it was a cool spot that like the host weren't they kind of just set it and forget you know they just set it and walked away to the bar um there were that night there were some of the best like singers i've seen in open mics like ever there was this one dude who i can't even like describe his music or the way he was singing but it was just like it was like a holy shit kind of voice and if he when he hit a high note people would clap for like a second and then they'd go right back on to their phones and like talking there's no tv or anything in this bar like they're just like talking and not paying any attention there was another girl there's like yeah, I'm from Nashville. Like she's talking about her album or whatever that came out. She's like, my first time in Louisville. I'm just here for this open mic. No one gave a fuck about her. And I went up and did my set and like did these like funny or silly songs, whatever you call them. And I'm like, it was awful. No one looked at me. No one clapped. My wife after my set clapped 
so loud her hands had to been like beat red before <laughs> anyone clapped and it went awful um and if that would have been my first time out i would have quit it was so awkward and embarrassing but there wasn't all that many people there and they're like do you want to go again and i did not but i did anyway just because i'm like i want to just go again and try to get past the second set just as bad it uh... was terrible there was a girl there too that it was her first open mic and it and i felt really bad for her because i'm like if that was me i would not have come back because it was it was so like it would make you just want to just crawl right out of your skin up there. It was awful. Like my songs are really short. Like there's I have a couple songs in my set that even hit three minutes, and it those it just felt like the longest two and a half minutes trying to get through these songs. I'm like, please be over. That was terrible. And I'll mention one other time because that wasn't like horrible. This is more of a funny one. I was playing at this place. Uh, it's called the Augusta Pub, and it's in Augusta, Kentucky, which is about forty minutes east of Cincinnati on the Ohio River. George Clooney's okay. actually from that town. Okay. Um, and I played this bar, um, and the first time I went there, they set us up in this corner, probably like from me to you from this bar, and there was this old man with this grumpy old face that sat like closer than you are to me. <laughs> um, and the whole time I played, he's just staring at me with this mean mug in me. And when he liked a song, he would like nod his head, and I'm like, cool. But if I started a song he didn't like it, he'd just turn around and just like face the bar. And it it was so uncomfortable. Like the whole time I'm like, do you like this one? And I would like my uh I used to say that my uh my favorite hobby was like my hobby was music, but now I do music a lot. So I don't really have a hobby. Now I say my hobby was is smoking. And, <laughs> and that day I had smoked so much and I was sitting there staring at this old man and it was stressing me out for like <laughs> 50 minutes. I had to just stare at this old man and every, like, like I said, like, Oh, like he when he didn't like a song he would just turn around until he liked another one and sometimes I would play three four five songs before he would even turn his head again and it was just it was really funny it, it was just uncomfortable it was more of a funny uncomfortable because oh I was just stoned staring at this like 85 year old <laughs> man just like so, like so close I could like reach out and touch his chin and it was it was it was it was so awkward but it's a cool spot I played there recently it was dope but like, that one sir, day was funny. what would you That's like to hilarious. hear? What do I got to do to get you to turn it like, like, yeah, it show, was... man? It's like they, if the guy like turns his back, they don't rebook people if he like <laughs> That's likes what it. it. That was, like, I was like, worried. Oh, like, I was like, I can't. I don't know if I can make it through this. That was another oh, set God. where it felt like it was going along. I'm like, please, old man. Like, this is my best song. Like, if you don't turn around on this one, like, it's over. Like, it's all I got. But he, he was really nice. He actually talked to us some after the set. But he's uh, he's just a funny old man. But he was so close. I don't know why he was that close that's just where they put us but it oh was that was funny I luck, like I said luckily I haven't had anything crazy bad happen there's always like little experiences that aren't great but that's just life those are two that stick out more than others but yeah that, I'll never forget that old man he's there every time I've played the Augusta Pub like three times now he's always there oh man so how what's, what's the streak of uh like how many songs have you kept him so happy the, for in the a row? first time I played there we were inside and never did he like more than two in a row. Now, after that, we always played outside. He never came out. <laughs> so I didn't have to worry about it. I just said, he did recognize me when I was inside, and he, he said hello, but he did not come out. Like, that's okay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's like, well, it's a cool spot. I like, yeah, ni- really nice people there. It's a, it's like a, I, I, tell, I told him this when I was there last time. I'm like, I never even knew this town existed. I'm like, I've lived in Kentucky my whole life, and I it's like two hours from here, and they like drive golf carts all like in the city square. People just pull up in golf carts and stuff. No it, it's cool. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it's a really good spot. I'll, I love, like, I played there two other times. Uh, the second time I played there, we were outside and there were three people outside. I'm not even joking. There were three people and 
that would normally be bad, but these three people were the best three people I could ever <laughs> ask for. They were so attentive, and we talked the whole set. Like, I played, like, probably three or four or five songs less than I normally would because we just talked, and they were so cool. And then I played there again very recently um, with Catherine Brooks, if you know okay. her around, and uh, my buddy Kyle Zorns. And those same people came out just to see my set, and they yeah, and I was that made me feel really it was really special because like retaining like, them man yeah it was it was yeah because like we do I mean you do we all do music mm-hmm. like so, a lot of times people don't care sometimes people yeah, do but most. for them to come back out to that show like it was really it meant a lot because this when we played there last time we were out in the patio and there was a, there was a decent crowd out there like it was pretty full out there and so they, awesome man. meant a lot yeah because you don't get that a lot and I was I told like I almost. Saying the thing, I tried to be thankful. I when that girl told me that, I kind of like, oh, that's really nice. And I walked away, and then I came back. I'm like, no, I'm gonna, I'm like, I'm gonna tell you that was. I needed to hear that. Like, thank you so much for saying that because you do a lot of stuff where no one cares. Like, and sometimes people are like, oh, you know, you made like, oh, you got a hundred dollars for a set. I'm like, that. Like, if no one cares, like, it's not worth it to go out there and like, yeah. if it's a bad set. But those three people super nice that girl's name is julia julia for some reason you're <laughs> listening to the top hill please like yeah, come out next time i'm at augusta because you're very nice it meant a lot to me that you said that augusta kentucky they call yep, it the it was really west great. of kentucky it awesome. <laughs> right yeah, it's, it's a cool spot it really is it, they're really nice people there and Catherine brooks is good we have her booked i think right i think nate brooks told us about her there's no relation but he's the one that told us i think brad booked her all right next question who is the last local artist you listened to or saw live? Yeah, and so um, yesterday, like I mentioned Luke Powers earlier, I saw yeah. him at the Monarch, and I actually went down to Nashville yesterday and recorded some background vocals on a couple of songs for him. And so nice. I, I I listened to some, I listen to local artists a lot, I try to, but uh, I was I spent like six hours at the studio yesterday. I My parts took like five minutes, but he's like, do you want to hang out? I'm like, hell yeah, yeah. I want to hang out. And I just Wait, got to hear a lot of his album. Yeah, and it was really cool experience, and he's a really nice guy. Class. When I, I mentioned, like, getting into music, one of the things, before I ever even started playing, like, something I was really interested in is, like, being a part of, like, albums and, like, being, like, a part of that huge process. I love listening to albums, and I just wanted to figure out how to do that. Like, I'm like, I want to be a producer. And then I'm thinking, well, why the fuck wouldn't he want me to be a producer? I don't do anything. And so I, uh, I'm i like, well, I better try to get some credibility first. So I've been playing now for like i said just like a year and a half but it was the first time someone's asked me to be on a session and like singing those three lines were like cooler than like me making my own stuff <laughs> anyone can make their own stuff you just call the studio and book some time yeah but to get asked to do other people's stuff was really really cool and i told him even if he cuts it i will still be happy to <laughs> come down there and do it but it was fun i listened to him yesterday and then i mentioned Catherine brooks i listen to her all the time i love Catherine. she's really nice we've done several shows together um She's super supportive. I listen to her music quite a bit. So, yeah, I'd listen to her all the time. Yeah, man, I've heard uh, you're the second person that's come in here right, just talking uh, about Luke. Um, not as the person, because everybody knows Luke's one of the nicest guys in the world, but just his music. I, I don't remember who it was. Greg from, uh, I can't remember the band, but um, he said he went to Luke Powers at, at the Monarch. And he said, that show changed my life. I mean, it's such it's a big statement. That yeah, that yeah. was that I I opened for him at that one show at the Monarch for his album release, and that was the I've done a c- couple pretty fun things, and that was it was just a great experience. I, I was having like a really terrible week that week, and that show was just like it was great. The crowd was great. Um, 
he was great. Obviously, Dusty and them are super, super cool uh, people. But yeah, Luke's a great guy. His music's great. If you haven't listened to his album, go listen to it. It's Time to Shine. And uh, we're, he's kind of a new one coming out soon. So yeah, great, great guy. Great guitar player, too. Jeez, like, yeah. yeah. Phenomenal guitar player. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier, uh, we're off the three questions now officially. And it kind of spoke to me a little bit. And you talked about... Um, Right in heading into COVID, and just kind of be having a a moment where you just put it all up and aside, and and you know there is a fragility to music and musicians, you know, and I experienced it. I definitely experienced it where it's so easy to get yourself in a funk, and, and uh, a com- I don't I don't even know if it's a battle of comparison or or just where you get to a point where you like a, it's just a fragility and, and put replace that word with anything, a worthlessness, a less than a whatever, but just there is some type of nature to an artistic mind that it can turn on you. It seems like. Yeah. Oh, uh, I a hundred percent agree. I think that's part of being an artist is sometimes you're creative and you feel like creating and sometimes you just feel like shit and, you, yeah. and it just sucks. Yeah. Like, and that's, and I think whether that's, artist or not that's just life yeah. sometimes it's great sometimes it sucks and it'd be hard to do things you want to do sometimes you just don't want to do them anymore but like i said it's people i mean it's like people like you like i said that in the place like the monarch that songwriters group i finished a song i hadn't finished a song in a long time until yeah. recently when like for people listening neil and i are in a songwriters group at the monarch and uh it, they can be hard to finish songs like i don't know for you but for me yeah, like a dude. lot of times i you're right like a verse that's cool or maybe a chorus and then you're kind of like cool i'll work on this later and then it just sits on your your phone and your like voice memos forever and so i had started a song that songwriters group that i was like i'm, I'm probably never gonna finish this and then i went to that and i'm like oh now i have a reason to finish it sometimes mm-hmm. you just need a reason and that's push and yeah then that's and that can be that's life too sometimes you need a you got sometimes you have to find a reason and it mm-hmm. can be tough and speaking of that so i was curious what does your writing process look like Ah, it's really Typically. not that complicated. Usually, like, I play a lot of the same chords. It's a lot of, like, 12-bar blues kind of stuff. But essentially, I just strum or play. Like, sometimes I'll write a little bit on the piano. I'm not a piano player. But uh, it always starts with the chords, and then usually a melody or a line will just kind of come out, and then you build from that. It, it's it just kind of whatever comes out, honestly. Like, uh, once if you get a line you like, you can build from that. It's, I don't normally start with like an idea or a story. It's really just strumming, and I'll hum a melody, and then lines will kind of start, and then that's when I focus. Like no. once you kind of get a start, that's when I lock in. Until I get like that spark of creativity, I really don't. I know some people too. Like a lot of people, if you look up how to like write songs or good ways to do it. Um, or how to get better at it. A lot of people will say, if you start writing a song and you hate it, just finish it. It's good practice. If I start writing a song and it sucks, I throw that right in the garbage. Why mm-hmm. would I? I don't. It doesn't inspire me to write something I don't like. Makes me mad. It makes me mad. Yeah, yeah. it's just like it's I'm not fun. Way. Like if I write something that I like, and sometimes I like I mentioned, you'll write like a line or a course that you like, and it can just be hard to do the rest. And sometimes they can sit around. But if I write something I do not like, I do not finish it. Yeah. But it's not. It's not that complicated. It starts with a melody, and I hum it out, and then like a line or a word will come and then you're like, okay, that's where this is going. So I think like, so is, um, this is a, kind of like a different roundabout. I don't know. Cause I, a lot of these questions when I ask, I'm kind of asking myself too, when, especially when it comes to songwriting or, uh, cause I think it's something that you're always trying to figure out. And, and, and that's kind of what the question is. It's, 
is there is there a point to your any of your songwriting or thought process into it where you have a place where you want to be? Do you want to uh, evolve into a songwriter that uh, can tell a story, or do is there, or do you just let it be what it is and let the ideas flow? That's and, kind of all it is. I know, like. Like I feel like like talking to you and like songwriters groups and stuff. I do feel like the way you and I write is a little different. But like I yeah I am. It's really like a very simple way that I do it. If whatever comes out like will spark creativity and then I build from that. I've I've been trying to like I mentioned when I first started writing. I tried to just write country songs or things I thought people would want to hear. And then it's been more and more just like about me and about mm-hmm. stuff that I like or like I've. I try I I try to be open about like my mental health and those kind of things and I talk about that in my songs too and that's something that I I I try to be open and, and honest with too even honestly that that song I wrote for the songwriters group yeah. was a mental health song so um yeah and and it, it really is it's not complicated for me I know some people it is because they write it, there's a lot of different ways to do something my wife yeah. would say there's a lot of ways to skin a cat and she would know she's mm-hmm. skinned a few mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> You know, man, I th- it's. I think you can definitely overcomplicate it. I think so too. I think it, you can get in your own way more than you can, uh, and that's probably the battle. Uh, you know, sometimes when a word keeps, you know, a phrase. Here's what the phrase is, and you just try to figure a way to not make that the phrase because it just seems too easy that that's what is supposed to be yeah. said. And and to for me to just say that I just write whatever comes out, it isn't quite. I mean, it's not quite that simple. Like yes. something comes out, and it is like then you you refine. you, fit, you refine it, and, and that's kind of where a song becomes a a better song. It's mm-hmm. like um, we talk some about this at songwriters group, but like if you in a song, if you've said the same word like too many times, yeah. that can get old, and and sometimes that can be hard to catch on to unless you're writing. There was a long time I didn't even write my lyrics down. I just would record the voice memo Jay-Z style. Over, over and over like again until i just like got the song and i'll just remember it um but i started writing songs down and that made them better because you could fix things that weren't great but yeah it, it it starts something simple and it ends up being pretty simple but it is just like fiddling with anything you kind of get like a rough shape and then you refine it as you will some people are, it, it is and it, it can be fun to like do complicated things i'm just not a complicated man so yeah yeah it's interesting. You know, uh, Spencer running the ones and twos over there on the camera is at an interesting point in his songwriting process because he's super new at it. And the one thing that I think I noticed uh, in him is a lot of criticism on, on lyrics. You know, it's like, oh, that's that's terrible. That's too simple. That's this, that's that, and just trashing your own stuff. And a lot of times it's like, number one, you got to get through the simple stuff. You've got to get to, like you said, here's the idea. Now let me start hammering away yeah, and get sharpening yeah, this sword. Simple isn't necessarily bad. I mean, I would say a Not lot bad. of my songs are simple, but it's like, what can you write that's simple that is also like unique or like about like, that's means something to you, but also something that other people can relate to. Like I, like I'm like, especially that first song I played Friday about five about drinking. It is mm-hmm. a simple song. There's not all, but it's fun. It's, it's, it's just like a, it's just a true story about me getting yeah. drunk. Um, but yeah, everyone's different. And, and I don't think there's, I'm sure there is a wrong way to do it, but ultimately it's just, it's trial and error. That's kind of the, the most interesting thing about pursuing music and getting into it is it is just trial and error. So mm. many things you're doing, like whether it's going to the studio or just writing or trying to book shows, like it is all just like 
well, that I you write an email, does it work? Does it not work? Like I've tried all kinds of things. There was one time where I used uh, like my wife's name as my manager to see if that would make me seem more legit. It did not. <laughs> but, uh, it's every everything's just trial and error, and, not, and and you can look up stuff online or read stuff or listen to podcasts, and you can get some really good information. But ultimately, you just have to put it into practice and see if it works for you because yeah. it might not. And everybody's different. Um, <clears throat> I thought you know I, I think that repetition and and um, doing it, just doing the process, going over it, and and not being discouraged to not write that next one or not write that next chord progression or you know uh, like Ed Sheeran just won a uh, copyright lawsuit yeah. because he he played a song that sounded a lot like. I mean, you can break it down. It sounded a lot like uh, "Let's Get It On," but yeah. oh, it's, Marvin Gaye's family—they'll sue everybody. Yeah, like, but they'll probably also, sue me right now dude, for saying that. It's G C D E minor. You know, there's only so many things. It, it, yeah, that's but like eight thousand songs. It's eight hundred yeah. million thousand yeah. songs, but it doesn't mean that you can't write a song based around I, that. I agree. Like chord progression. Uh, I like when I first started writing. That's something that I was really worried about. I'm like, oh, what? There's already like. It's this similar line, another song, or these chords are the same. Like, well, all chords are the same. Like, exactly. And especially, like, depending on the kind of music you're doing. Like, I do Americana kind of stuff or country or whatever you want to call it. A lot of stuff is just the same chords, right. and it is these patterns of even the, honestly, even the melody. That's why I think, like, my mother-in-law is a copyright attorney, um, and she's always like, hold up. <laughs> she, she don't work at the vet. No. How'd she get out of the vet? Yeah, she got out of. She's How'd allergic. She she's allergic to all animals, and so oh, that's yeah. like, I, but, uh, I don't want to yeah. see those uh, allergy <laughs> reports. I'm just kidding. But yeah, it's just like I. It was something that used to really bother me, and then, like I said, like in this genre of music that I play, there are so many songs that have the same, even melodies that are in like these. If you're doing like a 12 bar blues kind of pattern, the melodies really fall like within. There's like a range yeah. it has to fall in. And that's why it's like the thing with like Marvin Gaye and Ed Sheeran and all that stuff. It makes me laugh because I'm like, hell, all my songs really, like you could find like a bunch of other songs that are similar. And like if you listen yeah. to this genre of music, I mean, so many songs, it's just like E and A and B7. Like it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Like it doesn't Every bother me anymore. Johnny Cash, yeah. Hank well, Williams we, song or like the exact same chords. Yeah, it's the same exact stuff. They are almost the they same. Almost like the same. It's so close that you would yeah. think if it was in another genre, you would definitely get sued. But in... This genre is just, it is what it is. And I think yeah. that's really funny. To me, music's music. My mother-in-law would be like, ah, don't like <laughs> don't probably say that. Say, but don't, yeah. when, I, when I went to this, that last song I played, Slow It Down, when I went to the studio and we did that, I mentioned Billy from Tyler Lance's band. He's like, when we first were doing it, it reminded him of the Coconut song by like Harry Nielsen or whatever, like put the lime in the, in the coconut. coconut. And I was just like, that's not at all what I was thinking. Yeah. And I told my mother-in-law that she's like, it better not be too close. I'm like, I don't care. That's one thing. Every time we sit in, in a, you know, generally my basement or somewhere and somebody goes, all right, check this out. I got this uh, cool little thing I'm thinking about. And then they'll play the progression. Then somebody will sing a song that was made. Oh, popular. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's inevitable. It's going to yeah, happen. It it's like, it yeah, just, that sounds uh, just like this. And then we go. Yeah. I just, I, I just try not to think about it too much. Now, you as a songwriter know this too. There are some times when you start writing a song and you're like, this is a fucking banger. Uh, and then you're yeah. like, nope, this is Hey Jude by the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> and it sucks. And then it's really disappointing. You're like, damn it. Like, uh, and then it is like too close. You're like, no, no, this uh, won't fly. Um, I've had, a, I've wrote a lot of great songs other people had already written. But it, that's, that's something that can happen. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, if my song, I, music sounds like music. That doesn't bother me. Speaking of great songs, man, why don't you play us another one? What do sure, you got yeah. for us? Yeah. What do you got? Uh, this next one is, um, 
is actually a song I'm working on with Anne at the studio. Like I've talked oh, about it a sweet. couple times. It's another drinking song. It is uh, a song I wrote, like I mentioned, when I kind of first wrote some songs I liked. I was 23. I was in junior college, and I wrote this song uh, called Jim Beam, which is why I brought a little Jim Beam. It's hey. my favorite alcohol, and it's... Uh, it's about getting drunk and bothering people who don't like to be bothered. I've made a few too many drunk calls, and that's kind of what this is about. Uh, but yeah, I'll give it a spin for you. All right, let's hear right it. On, man. that song i was like 23 i'd written a couple songs before then uh and i was in junior college and me and my brother and his now wife were sharing an apartment in troy ohio we were going to a little community college in a town called piqua and uh yeah we had a lot of free time because i had never went to class and so i started (laughs) writing and doing stuff and i shared those songs like i put them on like just facebook and stuff and my friends and stuff really enjoyed them and it gave me a little bit of confidence it was kind of the same thing where some people kind of like snicker at you and you're like, oh, am I like silly or like whatever? But I just like, I always liked that song. I, uh, it's just, yeah, like I said, it's a simple song. I'm a simple man and I don't, I don't care. I dig it, man. It, it just, it awesome. is what it is. So, <laughs> so shout out to Jim Beam if, uh, if you're listening, hey, my brother Mr. Works James. There. there you go. A Jim Beam. Even, even brought the glass, man. Uh-huh. Even broke it out. All right, man. So, uh, for people that want to find you, connect, see where you're playing, all those things, where can they listen to you? Yeah, Give well, us all the plugs. I'm on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. It's Earl Bowman Music. Like I mentioned, I'm 30 years old. I'm on fucking TikTok as well. <laughs> Earl Bowman Music. I am so old. I feel like that music, I thought I felt old, like getting into the music. 
I felt old as fucking on TikTok. Like it was, yeah. But <laughs> I'm on TikTok. You, you can find. I don't get TikTok. Yeah, yeah, good. It's not. It's a big time waste. It, <laughs> I could have. I probably would have written so many more songs if I hadn't been on TikTok just I'm scrolling actually, for hours. I'm pulling for the government to ban TikTok just so it's one less thing. We I have deleted. To do. I, I deleted yeah. my account and got rid of it. Yeah, man. I just I, don't get I it. I did at one point and then I it, it, I got sucked <laughs> back in. But you can find me those places. I'm on anywhere music is streamed. Earl Bowman and um yeah, if you go listen. Like I always say what. I believe is the like mag- magicians musicians. I'm not a magician. Oh, you could be. That's something I used to dabble in. That I you said in, earlier. Magic. You asked another thing. People should know about you. I dabbled in that. That's something no one should know about me. That was, <laughs> that was embarrassing. <laughs> that was embarrassing. But yeah, as as uh, people who make music say, please, please. I'm fucking begging you, go listen to my song because yep. I paid for it myself. <laughs> and if you listen to it just four million times, I will. It will. It will earn the money I spent. So, but yeah, yeah, please, yeah, go listen. I have uh, three songs out. I'm working on that one that's about to come out whenever it's done, which who knows how long that takes. Right. Everything, like again, everything's hurry up and wait. You just want yeah. things to be done, and it's, it just takes a while. So, but yeah, yeah, if yeah, anyone listening, please go listen. I uh, and if you're on Instagram or those places, I follow me. I'll follow you back. Well, Boom. I try to talk to people. So, yeah, <laughs> awesome, man. All right, so last one. What do you got for us? Yeah, last song. Okay, so I mentioned I had a song come out for my favorite holiday, 420. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this is actually one that uh, I wrote when I first moved back to town. I mentioned when I first moved back, I WFPK inspired me to do music. I was I was kind of in a rough spot. I'd had a honestly like a lot of rough years in a row. And um, I moved back and I got a job stocking shelves at PetSmart at like four in the morning. I would go in there and I, I went from drinking like a lot of nights and you cannot drink when you have to be at work and no. walk, I'm not joking, 10 miles stocking shelves all, all morning. Um, I started listening to music. I got really into, like I was a, already was a Jerry Reed fan, but I got really into Jerry Reed. And I wrote this song. Um, it's definitely a Jerry Reed inspired, I call it a 420 friendly Jerry Reed inspired tune that I wrote <laughs> when I was stocking shelves at PetSmart. And I always say shout out to my wife for this one. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't uh, have written this song. It's called We Get Along. And it's about a few of the things that I get along with. <laughs> we'll see if you get along too. <laughs> Working hard, but I've got no money. Well, I mean, I did, and then I spent it all on drugs. Now I'm broke as a joke. At least I'm stoned to the bone, hell yeah. A little love from my lady is all that I need. Hell, she brings home the bacon, and I bring the weed, and we get along. went to college, I gave it that old try. Broke my mama's heart when I dropped out that fourth time. But the only thing I ever learned in school was this old six string. And of course, I learned to throw back a drink. You see, my mama said, son, go finish your degree. And I said, mama, I love you. But this guitar and me, we get along. A little green to give me 
Cause she brings home the bacon And I bring the weed And we get along Yeah Thank you <laughs> uh, That's a good one man